Welcome back to our weekly podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and today I have the honor of introducing you to Evan Nydick. Evan spent two years at Franklin from 2005 to 2007 and then went off to finish her Bachelor's of Fine Arts from the Museum School. After that, she received her Master's of Arts degree in teaching from Tufts and now is a full-time artist living in St. Pete, Florida. I'm super excited to learn more about Evan and share that with you all here today. So welcome to the podcast, Evan. Thanks, Margaret. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. So something I kind of wanted to get your input on was throughout your professional career, you've kind of been able to teach in several different places. And I wondered what led you throughout your professional career to where you are now as a full-time artist. Well, I've always loved art since I was like a little kid. Um, It's the thing that brought me the most joy. And I come from a family of educators. So it's something that um, sort of like came naturally. And I was always around educators. And um, I've always been interested in like right livelihood, like having having the work I do in the world um, at the very least cause no harm ideally like do good. And I think like teaching and creating art are two things that do that. Um, when I transferred to art school, I knew that I wanted to make art all the time, but I also wasn't sure that that was a career, like that I could, you know, take care of myself and have a family through art making. Um, and I love teaching also, and it seemed pragmatic. So I also got the teaching degree. Uh, and through teaching, I actually gained more confidence. When you're a teacher, you have to really like, new things are coming up all the time. Suddenly this year, we have to teach coding. And oh, I don't know coding, so I have to learn coding so I can teach coding. So um, my experience teaching in different places and having to, I think teaching is one of the most challenging, wonderful, but challenging jobs there is. It gave me so much confidence in myself that the amount of hard work that took that I could put into whatever I wanted and um, through perseverance and, you know, some luck and privilege and support, I could find success in um, my true passion, which is art. Yeah, that's, I really, I like that. I love the word pragmatic. I think that is super (laughs) like quintessential of what being a teacher is. And building off of that, I kind of wanted to learn more about where you actually get your inspiration to create the art that you do create and kind of what kind of art is that for you? So um, my, my mission for my art is to create art that brings joy. And I think that, I mean, we can't, all of our experiences in life end up being interconnected, but like as an elementary school art teacher and seeing kids get so excited about art and be able to create these whole worlds and like see themselves in it and talk about all sorts of different things through their art. Um, I really like focus on childlike joy in my art. Like I want people, um, I don't know if you've ever read like an illustrated children's book with a kid and they're like, well, this is what's happening here. And this is me. And this is, you know, whatever, you know, I want people to say that um, I see myself in this and I want them to be able to connect to their imaginations. And um, I just finished a painting that's this like, it's a world of hot air balloons and there's Victorian houses on the bottom of the hot air balloons. Um, And I was showing it to a friend and she's like, oh my gosh, it's like, what if these were aliens and it's just Victorian house aliens, this whole other world where it's just 
like Victorian houses in hot air balloons and that's the end they land on different planets. And I don't know, it's just fun um, for people to connect to that part of themselves and to be a part of that. No, that must be a really interesting experience to have like you creating something and then, but having the ability for everyone to interpret it differently. I mean, and I think that's what art is, right? Like sometimes, and back, you know, when I was taking art history class and stuff, it's like, you come into art and you're like, well, what does the artist mean? Who is the artist? Or maybe like what historical things going on or cultural things going on, like explain what their art means and why it is the way it is. Um, and I really like to think of art as a, um, marriage might not be the right word, but like a, an interaction of like the person viewing it, the person who made it and the person viewing it and what each of those people is bringing to it and the meaning they're making out of their life and their understanding of the world through that connection. Yeah, I love that idea. And just kind of a small curiosity I had is what went into the building of your actual name, Fox and Crow? I wonder what the story behind that is. So um, my, <laughs> I grew up in Connecticut and I spent a lot of time in the woods um, and I still love spending a lot of time in the woods, although it's in here in Florida, it's uh, more of a swampy vibe <laughs> in Connecticut, but it's also wonderful. But um, I had like imaginary friends that were a fox and crow. And um, there was this book called The Secret Rats of Nim that was one of my favorite books. And then also Fantastic Mr. Fox from Roald Dahl. And so I, I had, it was like the fox and the crow and they were my imaginary friends in the woods. Um, and I, when I was thinking about the mission of my business and wanting to connect people to childlike joy, um, wanting to create work that felt joyful for me, um, that was, those were just the things that came up. It turns out not a great name for a business because it's also a fable and there's a whole SEO thing. Like I, when I started off my business, I knew very little about like SEO, about really important business things. Um, and then I got in too deep with it. And now it's my name. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and so what was it like kind of transitioning your passion into a full-time profession and learning about all the business aspects of something that you really love? So it's the best thing in the world. Like the fact that I get to think of something or dream it and then make it. And then I get like, I have to figure out the, um, even the things that I'm not as skilled at, like I had to think, you know, figure out how to do like the product photography and create, think of things as not just pieces of art, but as products and how to sell them and how to word them and where to go to sell them and how to find people who want to buy them. Like that's, it's such a like joy to do that. Um, the only thing that's kind of, that's been a challenge with it is no matter what you do, even if you love it, work is work. You know, you do it day in and day out. You do it when you're having a bad day. You do it when you got other stuff going on. Um, and when I started doing art professionally full time, I stopped or maybe I didn't stop, but I, there was a lot less space for doing art just for the sake of doing art. Like before I was doing it as a full-time business, I was making things for loved ones. Like that's what my art was, like making these really detailed, like full of love, um, handmade cards, handmade gifts. And um, that is a really beautiful and wonderful thing to do. Or sometimes I just had sketchbooks full of things, like something beautiful I'd see or 
you know, whatever, something that was stuck in my head and it's just for me in this little book. And that's a really special thing. And when you're doing it professionally, um, this might not be true for all artists. This might be a struggle for me, but finding space just to do it for joy or just to do it for the experience of it is like, it just comes a little less easy. I think. Um, yeah, it's, I still love it and it's joyful, but that's something that I'm always searching for. Like I just did this, um, it's like an expressive arts circle, which is, it's sort of art therapy, but it's like a different kind of thing um, where it was like a mix of creative writing, visual art and dance. And it was amazing because I got back to that experience of just like creating something for being in the moment and creating it and not thinking about like, Hmm, will this sell? Should I make this into a print or should I make it into a puzzle or should I make it into a piece of clothing? Or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. That actually kind of the, when you said dance, that made me think of something that I would love to kind of hear about in terms of when you were at Franklin, you were actually involved in Lugano dance. And I was wondering like what that was like, how you got involved with that. So it was wonderful. So I mentioned that I have a family of teachers. My dad is a, was an English teacher. My mom is a dance teacher and I grew up dancing and super loved it, but then got more into visual art and there's only so much time in the day. So I really reconnected with dance at Franklin. Um, and it rocked. It's so much fun to do, like to learn dance with people and to, it's like a very collaborative, you know, art form. Yeah. Uh, and it was also good for me because I, um, I don't love public speaking or performing like that's hard for me. Um, and teaching made it easier because you're up in front of people and talking all the time. But um, that Lugano street dance and then a public speaking class I took at Franklin were really helpful to like helping me push past those kinds of challenges as a young adult, you know, things that came easier when I was a kid. And then, you know, whatever happens to us where we start to like doubt yeah. ourselves as we our, age. Our inhibition starts to increase and you're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the Lugano street dance was downtown oh, and was it Franklin affiliate or something? You just- no, it was, I think it's been different things at different times, actually. Um, when I was there, it was, it was part of Franklin and it was like Franklin students were teaching, were choreographing. Um, we danced, oh, now I'm not going to remember which night it was, but does Franklin still do like the cultural nights or like the different clubs? Will be, like, yeah, like night, and- night, Arab night, things yeah. like that. Yeah, it rocked. Um, yeah, no, we we danced at a few of those. We danced um, on stage for something. I, I can't remember the details of it, but it was very fun. That is super cool. I remember seeing a flash mob situation one time on like near the fountain I don't know what year it was but I remember thinking it was pretty cool flash mobs feel like like 20 I don't know 2009 I feel like that was the year of flash mobs I'm yeah, not positive. I definitely think it was around that area like it's yeah. actually 2008 came to my mind so I think we're on the right track <laughs> Um, and kind of bringing it back more contemporary, um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk more about what you're doing with the nonprofit Nomad Art Bus and just yeah. kind of what their mission is and what that is all about because it's really interesting. Yeah, it's wonderful. So when I um, 
another actually challenge from taking art from a, being a passion to a full-time job is that um, I was working by myself all the time. And I really do, I love teaching um, and I love connecting with other people. And so I started looking for a place where I could teach in a way that felt really good to me, that aligned with um, like my pedagogical beliefs um, and like could maintain that like right livelihood, like doing good work. And um, I found um, Nomad, which is like this incredible local um, to St. Petersburg, Florida, but they do stuff everywhere, um, nonprofit. And their mission is art for all. And um, it was founded by Carrie Boucher, who's uh, an incredible visual artist as well. But she decided that her art form was going to be social practice. So her little her art is um, like this nonprofit. It is it's this beautiful piece of art, and it's kind of challenges how you might think of art rather than as like a painting. It's um, like to her, it's as an action and like what she brings to other people and what she does in the community. And um, the Mission Art for All, we look for places where um, there might not be art education. You know, there's so many barriers education, including funding and politics around funding and those kinds of things. So, um, so like, for example, the juvenile detention centers, um, we've done some work with Head Start programs, um, but really of artists of all ages and then just like out in the community. Um, during COVID, uh, different artists involved with the organization ran micro camps, so like outdoor camps just in your neighborhood. So your ki- the kids who are, you know, kind of socially distanced, safe, like reasonably safe um, kind of ways for kids to like express themselves, you know, and, and have tools to express themselves with visual art. So um, yeah, it's, it rocks. Yeah. And I will leave a um, a link that gives the yeah. listeners some more information. And that actually reminds me, I will actually leave a link to your business below. Yeah. So you can kind of check it out and really see what you're doing. Um, and so looking forward kind of to the future a bit, I was just wondering, like, where do you see yourself going with your business and maybe your geographic location or just in general, like what's on the agenda for you? Well, I'm I'm so excited to see where I end up. I was just thinking last night about how like, you know, five years ago I started to do this business in earnest full time and how when you are just in your day-to-day life, it's really hard to see how much you've grown and how much, like how much you've learned. Um, And when I, I can like imagine like myself from five years ago having conversations with myself now and I would just be like wow and I'm hoping that that's what it'll be like in five years um I'm so happy with with my business with the balance of getting to teach a bit and getting to just make art and like I don't want that much more I just want to do this I just want to keep making art and sharing it with people and um like maybe exploring some new art mediums and stuff but like, I don't know, it's kind of cool to be, to have a career and have made a life for yourself where you're like, no, I don't really want anything to change. This rocks. Yeah. So that's we did a huge change five years ago. We were in New York city and we moved down to St. Petersburg, Florida, which was like just this huge leap of faith. And my husband and I were calling it art year where we were like, Oh, we'll try. Like I want to, he's an animator. I'm an illustrator. And we're like, let's like, it's cheaper down there it's sunny, like we're done with New York winters. So 
we made this huge change that could have really blown up in our faces and it didn't. And now it's like, I'm sad, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. And I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, but I just feel like since you're so passionate and happy, I wondered if you had any advice for people who are kind of looking to transform their passion into something bigger than just themselves. Yes, absolutely. So I have, um, a lot of people actually come to me and I always try to be really generous with my time about that. Um, It's like I said before, it's like this pragmatism is really important. Like you need a roof over your head. You need health insurance. If you know, like if you can, obviously not everyone has access to those things, but um, like you want to sort that out for yourself. So I'm always like, I'm never like, just quit your job and see how it goes. Like when I decided to do this, I took on um, extra work where I was teaching and saved, put as much money as I possibly could into savings, waited till I finished paying off my student loans. um, And I, and we like, were very like pragmatic about finding an affordable place about like, like all these different things to set ourselves up for success because um, nothing happens quickly. And when you're starting something new, like you got to give yourself some space to fail. Like you gotta, if you like, you gotta give yourself a cushion. And if it's like, if one thing doesn't work out in your business um, and that's it, like you can't do it anymore, then like it, very few people will have success. That's just not like the reality of the world. So yeah, it's, it's tricky. And like, I, the, the privileges that really supported me doing it is like, I have a partner who has a job that gives us health insurance. So I didn't have to worry about those kinds of things. Like I, and I, I have a partner who I can split funds with and we were able to, um, you know, we were able to move to a different place. Like there's so many things that supported that. So, um, I think the main thing is sustainability, like figuring out, like starting off slow, doing whatever you need to do to save up some extra. I did my business for a couple of years before I started doing it full time, you know, so just building on successes and, um, and not rushing it, like giving yourself space to mess up and learn. Yeah. I love that idea. I feel like there's kind of this fantasy that art is this like on a whim, just pick up. (laughs) Yeah. I like the idea that, you know, you can do it in a really sustainable way. And absolutely. Yeah. That's super cool. And just a small, like additional curiosity I had, I just wonder like, how do you find confidence in sharing your unique perspective? Like, how do you feel like, you know, okay, I'm going to, because to me, from an outside perspective, art feels very vulnerable. And so I just wonder where you gain the confidence to really produce what you feel is right. So art is incredibly vulnerable. And that's, I like, that is how it feels to me too. Um, Like anything else, like you just do it and you put it out there and you like, you just have to keep doing it. Like the first time I got rejected from um, like for my art, like trying to get my art to the store. And someone was like, Oh, it didn't have enough sell through, which in like store lingo means it didn't sell fast enough. Um, I cried like not to, but I was like, okay, thank you so much for your time. And I went home and and I cried and I thought about quitting. And then I was like, no, I'm not gonna, you just gotta like keep persevering. And, you know, especially on the internet, like I, a while, 
most work is on the internet now, probably, or especially if you have to promote yourself for your own business. And um, I have gotten some pretty, you know, mostly loving support, wonderful stuff. But every so often, especially if I, um, if I, I, I use my business to raise a lot of money for causes that I care about. And if someone doesn't agree with that cause or, you know, whatever, like people say pretty mean things. So um, I think being a woman on the internet in general, <laughs> you're going to get some. Yeah. some <laughs> but um, but uh, that being said, like, yeah, I guess you got to like thicken your skin a little. I don't, I'm, I don't know if that's not the, like, I think probably if you're starting out, my advice would be like, just share in safe spaces, share with people who are going to support you and, care about you and um and then like you know a little bit more as you get your threshold and um yeah I mean if you're if you're being authentic and you're if you're being authentic and vulnerable like other people are going to connect to that and there's going to be at least at least one person who like is going to get something out of that so yeah no I I think that's really beautiful and I just want to thank you so much for sharing a little bit of insight on what it's like to kind of start this business and what it's been like being you. And I'm excited to kind of follow your journey through your business. And I hope people do the same, those of you who are listening. And yeah, so thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you. And uh, it's funny sometimes when you when like, people don't ask me about my journey all the time. And so it's kind of fun to get to reflect and like hear myself say things that I wasn't even totally aware of. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people leave the podcast kind of connecting dots almost and like seeing a a red thread uh, (laughs) of their life. So I'm glad. I'm glad. So anyways, I wish you the best and I hope that we keep in touch. Me too. Thank you so much. Of course. Bye.